Praise the Lord. Uh, as usual, I will be starting by asking a couple of questions. And all of these questions are straightforward questions. They are not trick questions. So please feel free to put up your hands. Uh, there is no agenda behind those questions. Uh, but my first question would be simply this. Is there anyone here who is on emergency duty? Anybody here who is on emergency duty? You expect to get a call from your office, your hospital, your, your work spot, wherever. No one. That's very good. So you can please turn off your mobiles. <laughs> My second question, how many of you have got your paper version Bibles? Okay, the rest of you have probably got e-Bibles, either on your mobiles, which you can turn on now, or on your uh, tablets, whatever. Feel free to use it. Feel free to use it. But there is one condition. Please since you're going to be using these mobile devices which are connected with the external world, put your mobile device on the airline mode. I am not very, I am a bit intelligent. So I understand that there is an airline mode. Okay. So that nobody from outside disturbs you. You are not on an emergency call. If, of course, we hear a, the sound of the phone going, we shall have a bit of entertainment at that point of time. Right, church, let's pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord Father, for this time. We thank you, Father, for what you're doing in our midst, Lord Father. We surrender ourselves into your hands, Lord Father. Father God, may you rule and reign in our life, Lord Father. May you be supreme in our life, Lord Father. And Father God, in everything that we do, Lord Father, may we turn to you first, Lord. May we take our guidance from you, Lord Father. And Father God, when you speak, help us to be sensitive to listen to that which you are telling us, Lord Father. Father God, we surrender this time into your hands, Lord Father. That you will speak to us, Lord. You will minister to each one of us as individuals, as your children. And we will listen. Father God, what you want us to apply in our lives, Lord Father, we will apply. We thank you, Lord. We give glory to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Now, the questions continue. I may have to come down if I don't hear your answers. Okay. Now, what is the first thing you think about when you hear about the biblical Abraham, Abraham of Genesis? Faith, fine, good, excellent. What is the first thing you think about when you hear of Isaac? Sorry? Promise. promise. The child of promise. Okay, let's go on. Now, what is the first thing you think about when you think of Jacob? Yep. Deceiver. I mean, that's, that's right. That's what everybody says, okay? 
But now I want us to turn to Exodus chapter 3 verse 6. Abraham, faithful. Isaac, the child of promise. Jacob, deceiver. These are our common uh, words that we use to explain the life of these people. Exodus chapter 3 verse 6. Moreover, he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face, for he, for he was afraid to look upon God. Move down a bit to verse 15. Moreover, God said to Moses, Thus you shall say to the children of Israel, The Lord God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob, has sent me to you. This is my name forever, and this is my memorial to all generations. Let's go on to the New Testament, Matthew chapter 22. Matthew chapter 22, verse 31 to 32. But concerning the resurrection of the dead, and these are the words of Jesus, have you not read what was spoken, of, spoken to you by God, saying, I am the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. God is not the God of the dead, but of the living. Let's move on a bit. Acts chapter 3, verse 13. These are the words of Peter. Acts chapter 3, verse 13. The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of our fathers, glorified his servant Jesus, whom you delivered up and denied in the presence of Pilate when he was determined to let him go. And my final verse for the start. Acts chapter 7, verses 31 to 32. And these are the words of Stephen. When Moses saw it, the burning bush, he marveled at the sight. And as he drew near to observe, the voice of the Lord came to him saying, I am the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And Moses trembled and dared not look. Now in all of these verses, and in many other verses that you find in the Bible, if you search it, God Almighty is described as the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. Am I right? It's, it's a very common expression that you find in the Bible. Now, God himself called himself by that name. He said, I am the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. Jesus Christ used that name. Other men of God, Peter, Stephen, others, they've all called the God Almighty as the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. Now the question is why? Why is God called the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob? Now I could understand, it is not very difficult to understand if God calls himself the God of Abraham. Because we've all said Abraham is described as faithful. 
And God loves faithful people. So if he said, I am the God of Abraham, that sounds good. I am the God of Isaac, that also sounds good. Because Isaac is the child of promise. He's a miracle child. He is the quiet one. That, that would also fit God. But the God of Jacob, I mean, you yourself said it. Jacob is the deceiver. And God says, I am the God of Jacob. Describe me as the God of Jacob. So is God seeing something differently from us? Wasn't Jacob a deceiver? One who robbed his brother of his birthright? One who fooled his visually challenged father to bless him with the blessings generally reserved for the firstborn? And yet God calls himself the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. Now there must be something in this man Jacob that we are missing. Because when we talk of Jacob, Every, the first thing that pops up is receiver. But God calls himself as the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. So is there something in this man that we are missing? And so I decided that that's what I'm going to talk to you about this week. And so I started writing and writing and writing. I had the word of God in front of me and I was writing. And normally, I need, for a one-hour message, I need um, four a 4 size papers printed on one side. Okay, this is my average talking time. By the time I came to the end of page three, I was on point one. And I had about five or four or five points. So I said, this is not going to work. So what we are going to do simply is this. This week, we are going to talk about the blessings of Jacob. That's going to be the title of my message, the blessings of Jacob. Okay? And at some further time, we will take a second part on the life of Jacob. Okay? Now, history tells us that Jacob is the third link in God's plan to start a nation from Abraham. In fact, interestingly, the nation that God chose for himself, the Jewish people, are named after Jacob. They are not named after Abraham. They are not named after Isaac. They are named after this person who we call the deceiver. Because the name given to Jacob was Israel. And the nation of God's people was called Israel. In fact, if you go to the history of the current Israel, the Israel which became a nation with a land in 1948, when the United Nations allocated that plot of land and said, this is for the nation of the Jews. They didn't call them Israel. They said, this is for the Jews, the nation of the Jews. 
The Israelites or the Jews then were led by a person called Ben Gurion. And the, the Jewish people decided that their nation would be a nation in remembrance of Ben Gurion. And so they said that they want the land to be called Ben Gurion land. Okay, it was to be called Ben Gurion land. But it was Ben Gurion himself who said no. He said, that's a mistake. This is a land, part one of the land, which God himself has given to the God of, to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and the patriarchs. And therefore, we will not call this land by any living person's name, but we will call it by the name that is referred to in the Torah. And in the Torah, it is Israel. And that's how the, the Jewish people accepted that name. They said, yes, there is wisdom in what Ben-Gurion is saying. And so we will call this place Israel. And that's how that particular uh, name came up. Okay? So interestingly, this name Israel is named after Jacob. But now, if you were to do a character study in all of these three people, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, you will easily see that none of them were perfect men. We remember Abraham as faithful. We remember Isaac as um, the promised child. We remember Jacob as the deceiver. But all of these men had faults. Each of them had failings. And each of them had accomplishments. And that's the first message for us from the life of these three people. You and I do not have to be perfect men and women to be blessed by God. You and I do not have to be perfect men and women to be used by God. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob were not perfect men, but they were willing men, men who were willing to be used by God. So the question for every one of us here is this. Are you waiting till you become perfect before you are going to be used by God? Or are you willing to say, God, use me as I am. Take me with all my faults, with all my blemishes, with all my deficiencies and use me as only you can. It's a question that each of us has to answer. Because if you are not in God's service, you better ask yourself that question. Am I looking to be perfect before I'm going to be used by God? That's never going to happen. It's never happened if you take any person in the Bible, because the Bible has only one perfect person, and that is Jesus Christ. Every other single person that's been used in the Bible is a person with faults and defects, but God has used that person. Abraham was not honest all the time. Isaac was not honest all the time. They weren't obedient all the time. They weren't straightforward all the time. But the one character they simply had was that they were willing to be used by God. Now, you and I might not be obedient, honest, 
or straightforward all the time. But at least, can we choose to be willing to be used by God? Can we say, God, use me? Now let's return to Jacob. And the life of Jacob can actually be divided into multiple segments. Each segment has a lesson for us, but we are just going to focus on a couple of segments today before we move on to uh, another day for the rest of the segments. Segment number one is the young Jacob. Okay, so basically I've got four segments here, the young Jacob, the not-so-young Jacob, the not-so-old Jacob, and the old Jacob. Okay, so today we're going to start with the young Jacob. So let's open our Bibles to Genesis chapter 25, and I'm going to read from verses 21 to 34. Genesis 25, 21 to 34. Now Isaac pleaded with the Lord for his wife because she was barren, and the Lord granted his plea, and Rebekah, his wife, conceived. But the children struggled within her, and she said, If all is well, why am I like this? So she went to inquire of the Lord. And the Lord said to her, Two nations are in your womb. Two peoples shall be separated from your body. One people shall be stronger than the other. And the older shall serve the younger. So when her days were fulfilled for her to give birth, Indeed, there were twins in her womb. And it came, and the first came out red. He was like a hairy garment all over, and so they called his name Esau. Afterward, his brother came out, and his hand took hold of Esau's heel. So his name was called Jacob. Isaac was 60 years old when she bore them. So the boys grew, and Esau was a skillful hunter, a man of the field, but Jacob was a mild man dwelling in tents. And Isaac loved Esau because he ate of his game, but Rebekah loved Jacob. Now Jacob cooked a stew, and Esau came in from the field, and he was weary. And Esau said to Jacob, please feed me with the same red stew, for I am weary. Therefore his name was called Edom. But Jacob said, sell me your birthright as of this day. And Esau said, look, I am about to die. So what is this birthright to me? Then Jacob said, swear to me as of this day. So he swore to him and sold his birthright to Jacob. And Jacob gave Esau bread and stew of lentils. Then he ate and drank, arose and went his way. And thus Esau despised his birthright. That's a story we all know. So here is Jacob, a young, quiet, home-loving person, clear as to what he wanted to do in life. He wanted the birthright and the blessings that went with the birthright because he understood its value. That was there, right there in front of his eyes all the time. I need to get this birthright and the blessings which come with the birthright. How am I going to do this? You see, by law, that birthright and its blessings were supposed to go to Jacob's elder son, Esau. 
But when you read verses 29 to 34, you realize that this is a game many of us have played as children. Okay, many of us have done this. Here's Jacob, there's Esau. Esau has something Jacob wants. Jacob has something Esau wants. Right? Now let me take you back to your childhood. Okay? There you are, playing with your toy, maybe a little car, or a little plane, or marbles, or that little stick which we call gilidandu in India. And then a friend comes, or maybe your brother comes, and wants your toy. That's your toy. So what do you say? Because you want his toy. So what do you say? You give me your toy, I'll give you my toy. So your brother says, okay, take my toy, give me your toy. Now whose toy is it? Your toy is with him, it's his toy. That's the deal. His toy is now with you, that's the deal. Jacob had two. Esau had birthright. Jacob said, I'll give you this two, you give me the birthright. Simple exchange. Like we go to Lulu. I've got the money, you've got the biscuit packet. I want the biscuit packet, you take my money. It's a business deal. If Esau had valued his birthright, he would have said, no, I can't give you this. Ask for something else. I've just hunted, I've just got a, a deer, I've hunted this out. You can have this. Or you can have something else. You can have that. You can have my, my, my sandals. You can have my coat. But I, I can't give you my birthright because I value it. But Esau didn't value it. He said, sure, this is what you want, take it. What's, of what use is it to me? Take it, here you are. Give me this too, that's more important, tangible. And he took it. And he ate, and he was filled, and he was happy. The Bible tells us that Esau despised his birthright. So why do we think that Jacob deceived his brother? Jacob didn't deceive his brother. Who, know, who, who should know more about the birthright? Esau or Jacob? Esau was the firstborn. And the Jews were very strong with their hierarchy. Esau should have known the value of that birthright. If he didn't, that's his problem. It's not Jacob's problem. You see, you get my point? I'm just trying to show you how God looks at Jacob. God never looked at Jacob as a deceiver. God looked at Jacob as somebody who loves what is good. Jacob knew the value of that birthright. Esau didn't. Now, how many of us are Jews here? I mean, the actual, real, biblical Jews. I'll give you 30 seconds when I drink water to think. Because if you are a Jew, 
you should know your family tree completely. Every Jew knows his family tree. Read the Bible. Gideon is of the tribe of Manasseh. Samson is of the tribe of Dan. David and Jesus and Peter are of the tribe of Judah. Paul is of the tribe of Benjamin. Every person in the Bible described in terms of their tribe. So which of these 12 tribes do you and I come from? So you and I are not Jews. We are Gentiles. Okay, I'm sorry if I'm hitting some of you. Okay, but we are not Jews. We are Gentiles. The right to be called children of God was first given to the Jews, not the Gentiles. The Bible tells us that Jesus first came for the Jews, not the Gentiles. You and I, as Gentiles, were not called the children of God. The Jews were called the children of God. Turn to Matthew chapter 10, verses 5 and 6. Now, these 12, Jesus sent out and commanded them. He commanded them. He didn't request them. He commanded them, saying, do not go into the way of the Gentiles and do not enter a city of the Samaritans, but go rather to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. This is the command that Jesus gave to his disciples right at the beginning where he said, go to the Jews, not the Gentiles. Matthew chapter 25, sorry, Matthew 15, Matthew 15 verses 22 to 24. And behold, a woman of Canaan came from that region and cried out to him saying, have mercy on me, O, o Lord, son of David. My daughter is severely demon possessed. But he answered her not a word. And his disciples came and urged him saying, send her away for she cries out after us. But he answered, now who's he? Jesus Christ, he answered and said, I was not sent except to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. You see, there is a clear difference. So why am I telling you this? I'm not trying to shake your faith. Not at all. But what I'm trying to tell you simply is this. You and, all, you and I were not born as the chosen children of God. The chosen children of God were the Jews. That is their birthright. That is their birthright. And as chosen children of God, they had the right to heirship in the kingdom of God. Unfortunately, they despised their birthright, and they continue to despise that birthright. They threw it out. And like that Canaanite lady, 
with the demon-possessed daughter, we the Gentiles were ready and prepared to receive what the Jews did not want. So when the Jews said, who is this Jesus? We don't want him. We the Gentiles said, we want you. Esau said, what birthright? I'm not interested in this. Jacob said, that's what I want. And when we received Jesus Christ into our life, what do we become? We become the children of God. The birthright is now transferred to us. So you and I, now, not as Gentiles, but as Gentiles who have accepted the Lord Jesus Christ, who have received the Lord Jesus Christ into our life, we are now the adopted children of God, and God does not like to use the word chosen or adopted. He says, you are my heirs. You have a portion in my kingdom. You are my children. But you see, till we received Jesus Christ into our life, we did not have Jesus Christ. We did not have the right to be called children of God. Jacob did not have the right to the blessings of the birthright. But he desired it. He wanted it. He longed for it. And God made a way. The one to whom the birthright was given despised it. And the one who desired it got it. Turn with me to John chapter 1. And let's start reading at verse 6. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. This man came for a witness, to bear witness of the light, that all through him might believe. He was not that light, but was sent to bear witness of that light. That was the true light which gives light to every man coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, and the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own did not receive him. But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God, to those who believe in his name, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. The will of the flesh and the will of man states that Esau should get the birthright. That's the will of man. That's the law of the land. The firstborn gets the birthright. The will of God was that Jacob should receive it. The young Jacob was not a deceiver. So don't call Jacob a deceiver. He isn't. Now some of you will say, oh, but he deceived his father. We'll come to that. Okay. The young Jacob was not a deceiver. He was simply a wise young man who knew what he wanted. 
Now, what about you and me? Do we earnestly desire the things of God? Do we earnestly, do we really know what the heart of God is? And do we want to, to have that heart of God? I don't know. Because I ask myself the same question. Do I really desire that which is godly? And I've got to answer this question for myself, just as each of you has to answer this question for yourself. Because don't despise what God has planned for your life. Segment number two, the not-so-young Jacob. So we finished with the young Jacob. And I hope I have been able to put across to you that the young Jacob was not a deceiver. Okay? Now let's go to the not-so-young Jacob. The second segment of Jacob's life actually starts when he is 40 years old. Now turn with me to Genesis chapter 26, verses 34 to 35. When Esau was 40 years old, he took as wives Judith, the daughter of Biri, the Hittite, and Basimath, the daughter of Elon, the Hittite, and they were a grief of mind to Isaac and Rebekah. Okay? So just bear in mind this part. Now remember, Esau, at the age of 40, took wives. And that action brought grief to Isaac and Rebekah. They were not happy at all when Esau took wives of the women of that land. Now, immediately after this episode, chapter 27, okay, comes the story of how Jacob managed to get Isaac to bless him first. So this is the second part where everybody says, ah, he deceived his father. Jacob deceived his father and got the blessings. Okay, I'm trying to prove to you that that didn't happen like that. Now, this is usually depicted a story of deception. And as we, like, as we men like to say, it's a deception practiced by Rebecca and Jacob. You know, we like to bring, we don't want to blame Jacob completely, so we bring a woman into the picture, so we say Rebecca also. Because she was the one who said, come, 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 let me tell you what to do. You wear the this and you wear the that, and, and I, will, I will make you look like Esau. Okay, she's a mother, isn't she? Okay. Now, when you look at the full story, in the light of God's promises to Abraham and Isaac, you soon realize that Isaac himself is trying to manipulate things according to his plans. Why am I telling you this? In fact, the major players in this manipulation, the manipulation of the blessings of Isaac, are Isaac and Rebekah. Ooh, I'm, bringing, I'm shaking up somebody's old Friday Sunday school stories. Okay. The minor players are Esau and Jacob. Let me try to explain. 
as early as Genesis 25:23 we read of what God said about Esau and Jacob two nations okay this was what God said to Rebekah two nations are in your womb two people shall be separated from your body one people shall be stronger than the other and the older shall serve the younger is that clear this is god's word to rebecca now who did rebecca li- like better jacob or esau jacob who did isaac like better esau okay now don't tell me that rebecca would never have reminded isaac her husband that you know my favorite jacob is the one chosen by god because god gave a promise which says that the older your favorite shall serve the younger my favorite okay isaac knew that the older shall serve the younger and then what does he do Isaac decides to call Esau and pass on the generational blessings to him when he knew that that was not God's plan. This is Isaac's plan. This is not God's plan. Now, bear in mind also, history is interesting. Bear in mind also that Isaac himself is not the first child of Abraham. So if the law of the land had to be applied the generational blessings of Abraham have to go to Ishmael and not to Isaac. So what was he grumbling about now? How could he say that it should not go to Jacob it should go to Esau? He himself is a recipient of generational blessings because that was God's will. God's plans are different from man's plans. Now man's law stated that the first one should get it Ishmael should have got it he was out of the picture God said Ishmael will get something but my generational blessings go to Isaac and from Isaac it does not go to Esau that's not God's plan it goes to Jacob but Isaac wanted to manipulate this remember Abraham manipulated Isaac manipulated that's why i said abraham and isaac are not perfect people they are people with failings okay so isaac was now trying to overlook god's promise and he was trying to create his own channel of covenantal blessing now just turn with me to Genesis 27 verses 27 to 29 and we will read the actual blessing pronounced by Jacob sorry uh, pronounced by Isaac on Jacob but Isaac was thinking that this is Esau okay now the the enactment has taken place Rebecca made sure that Isaac uh, Jacob came masquerading as uh, uh, as Esau and here is the the, the blessing 
that Isaac pronounces. Surely, this is Genesis 27, 27 to 29. Surely the smell of my son is like the smell of the field, which the Lord has blessed. Therefore, may God give you the dew of heavens, of the fatness of the earth, and plenty of grain and wine. Let people serve you, and nations bow down to you. Be master over your brethren, and let your mother's sons bow down to you. Cursed be everyone who curses you, and blessed be those who bless you. I want to specifically focus on verse 29. Now Isaac was assuming that he was blessing Esau and not Jacob. And he said, let your mother's sons bow down to you. Didn't Isaac realize that he was saying something which was contrary to the word of God? God had said the elder, the older son shall serve the younger. And what is Isaac saying here? Isaac was saying that let your mother's sons. Now how many sons did Isaac have? Two. I mean, that's what we know in the Bible. Unless Isaac is talking about some, something we don't know. Okay. Otherwise there are two sons. So what is he talking about here? Let your, son, let your mother's sons bow down to you, to, thinking that he's blessing Esau. He is contravening God's word. And on top of that, what does he do? He is using the exact words, except in reverse order, that the covenant which was given to Abraham, cursed be everyone who curses you, and blessed be those who bless you. This is what God said to Abraham. Only thing God said, I will bless those who bless you and curse those who curse you. Isaac reversed it. I will, you know, may those who curse you be cursed and those who bless you be blessed. Fine, it's okay. That was a covenantal blessing from God to Abraham, to Isaac, to Jacob, to Judah, and then it goes on. Okay. Isaac was manipulating things here. The promised child was also a manipulator. Just as the faithful Abraham was also a manipulator. Okay. What was Jacob's role in all of this? He was just an obedient child to his mother. Now mothers tell me when you tell your children to do something to wear a green shirt when a child wants to wear a blue shirt. Don't you expect your children to obey you? The child doesn't have a voice there. Many of you adults, when you want to buy furniture, don't you call up your parents back in India and tell them, I want to buy furniture, what color shall I choose? Hello, you are 40 years old like Jacob. Choose your own furniture. When you want to buy a piece of land, don't you call up your parents and say, I have a piece of land in A part of the city and B part of the city, which one shall I choose? Your parents are 70 years old, you are 40 years old, you choose. So just like us, Rebecca manipulated Jacob. She said, son, do this. Listen, I'm getting you your blessings. Your father is a hard-headed nut. 
okay he can't see properly he can't think properly he's got one leg in the grave <laughs> listen let me explain to you now you do this jacob did it nice obedient quiet boy young man that's all you see the process may appear bad and we have focused more on the process in our learning of this whole passage when we have looked at jacob we have looked at the process rather than the person the process might appear bad it might be cunning it might be manipulative it might be de- deceptive but remember there is one thing we shouldn't forget many years back esau had already traded in he sold his birthrights and its blessings for a pot of stew esau had no right now to feel offended that he was not getting the blessings the deal was done many years back he was part of it he was willingly a part of it and he got paid for it he got the stew jacob's own role in this process might not be very nice when we look at it now retrospectively okay but he knew the blessings of the birthright were his he had paid a price for it and he was going to receive it how many of us at the end of every month say i have worked this month i must get my salary it is my right i have worked 30 days i have to receive my salary now how can my boss say that they cannot give me salary it is my right you are right and jacob was saying the same thing i have bought it hello will somebody please listen to me i have paid for it i have bought it it is mine it is my right and therefore the blessings that come with the birthright are my right this is exactly what jacob was saying nothing more than that you see and then a bit of a, i've got 2 minutes to finish now there was a bit of a bad blood between esau and jacob which probably flared up at this point of time and so jacob is packed off to his maternal uncle's house to find a wife was it his choice not at all it was his mother who said no 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 i don't want him to take a wife from here look at esau he's taken wives from here i don't want these kind of women i want uh, jacob to he was sent off now all of these things may appear to be manipulative plans of men isaac talks to jacob and says oh you go to your mother's brother's house and find yourself a wife there okay and so jacob was packed off but when you really look at it you see that the hand of god is there in everything that concerned jacob everything that concerned jacob the hand of god was there you see god is a master planner and he knew that many generations later a savior would have to be born a savior who would save his people from their sin that lineage for the savior to be born would be a pure lineage of abraham isaac jacob it would not be mixed with other lineages there was to be no contamination 
of that lineage through which the Savior was to be born. The entry of the Gentiles came after the Savior. Thank God that you were not born before Jesus Christ came. Because God's words to the Israelites, to the Jews, was go to a land and exterminate the people. You and I would have been killed. And nobody would have even buried us. Okay, but today we are different. Now I'm going to stop here for want of time. But there are lessons for us in this. Number one, in each segment of Jacob's life, Jacob had a personal encounter with God. Next time when we see, we will see that sometimes he never realized it. But God was moving in Jacob's life. From the very beginning, from before he was born, Jacob had an encounter with God. Whatever segment your life may be in right now, desire to have a personal encounter with God. You've got to have that. Without that personal encounter with God, you are not going to be moving forward. Number two, Jacob desired the things of God. We too must desire the things of God. And we must be relentless in our pursuit of the things of God. It doesn't matter how the world looks at it. Don't fish, don't swim with all the fish in the sea. If you have to turn around and go the opposite direction, go the opposite direction. Because if you watch National Geographic, you will know that when all the fish swim in one direction, at the other end is a shark with an open mouth. So swimming with everybody else in the world is taking you to your destruction and death. Choose to swim differently. Choose to be relentless in your pursuit of things of God. Number three, that will be my final point. Women and men, men and women may try to plan your life as they did Jacob's. But it's up to you and me to trust God and trust God fully for his promises to actually come to pass. God may choose to use men and women while accomplishing the promise in you and in me. That's God's sovereign's will. Shall we turn to God? Shall we just stand up as we close? Pray that you have a personal encounter with God. Pray that you desire, that your desire shall be for the things of God. Pray that God's plans shall be fully established in your life. Let's close our eyes. Just recollect what we heard the last one hour. What we know so far about Jacob is brought to us to rethinking of, he is not as a deceiver, but God called himself, he is the God of Jacob. Now we have known about Jacob, he, is an he had an 
encounter with God. He had a desire of God. He had all his plans all focused in God. What is your plan? What do you know about him? Do you want to be like Jacob? Do you want to be called as he is, our God is a God of Jacob and we are the children of Jacob. Indeed, we are called as the children of Jacob spiritually. Take this word, meditate this, and there are yet to come about Jacob. It is a privilege, it is a blessing. Let us thank God for this team. Father, we thank you for this team. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your servant. Thank you, Lord, that you put the truth in his, Lord, in his heart. Lord, to open up and also to edify us. Lord, it is a good thought for us to think about Jacob in our life. Are we indeed called to be a spiritual children of Jacob? Yes, Lord. Help us to have personal encounter with you for each and every situation. Not of our plans, O oh Father. Let your plans be fulfilled in our life. Not as we desire, Father. Lord, as you desire for us, O oh Lord. Father, we are not of this world, but we are all of you, or your kingdom people. Father, continue to speak to us. It is not the word that we heard and live this year and go. We carry with this word, O oh Father. Meditate on this word. Lord, understand what you are to us and what we are to you. Father, help us to be your spiritual children all the time. Knowing your will and your purpose and fulfilling the desire what you have concerning us, O oh Lord. Father, Help us to remain in this love, in this fellowship as you wanted to leave this hall. Let these days be a day of joy and rejoicing. And let your peace prevail in each and every one of our life. In Jesus' most exalted name we pray. Amen. Let us share the grace together. And grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with us now forever and ever. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow us all the days of our life and dwell in the house of the lord forever and ever let the people say amen go in peace may god bless you all